Thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today, I'm joined by Hazel Dupe to talk about her latest film, You Are Not My Mother, which is currently in theaters and on demand. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks. Hey, Hazel, how are you today? Hi, I'm good. How are you, Christopher? Doing really well. Thank you so much for taking time out of your evening, I, I believe, to do yeah, this. Evening. I just heard that it's like 1030 year end. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's 1030 AM here. So yeah, thank you for taking time out of your night to do this. I appreciate it. Um, I just had a chance to watch the film the other night and I really, really love this movie. This is something pretty damn unique and that this is something deeply based in Irish folklore, but has this really modern, I think, point of view that it's telling an important story that's relevant today about um <sighs> mental health and the way that women are treated in society. And it's a very interesting layered film. And it's not just one thing. This isn't a movie that's really, I think, designed to be scary as its main focus. I feel like you could remove all the horror from this film and it would still absolutely work as a drama. So I'm just wondering um, what, what it was that attracted you to this film. I assume it's probably some of those reasons I just stated, but. Yeah. Everything you just said on more like, um, I know people who've been to see the film more than once and every time they go, they love it more. So what you're saying about the layers really, really rings true um, for them. And for me, the, the second time I saw it, I even loved it more than the first time. Um, so yeah, they were all, when I read the script first, um, there were, the film was its own, it was, own, it's, it was its own entity. I felt like I could see it. Now, my surroundings were uh, very apt. So I was, I'll set the scene. I was in um, a holiday home, um, house sitting for somebody, dog sitting for somebody, um, and the fire was lit and it was down the west of Ireland. Um, uh, and it was nighttime and I was connected up to a speaker playing like Annihilation soundtrack and like the It Follows soundtrack. And it was just the best. Oh, what setting. a great score that is. I love that score. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. So uh, I was reading this and I could just see everything. Um, it was popping off the page and I knew that from like, like the, and there were virtually no jump scares. That was something like yeah. in the horror films. I, I know I'm not, a, it's not that I, I get scared of jump scares. It's actually the opposite. I feel like jump scares are a bit cheap um, and they take me out of the film. So my favorite kinds of films are the ones that like build up the creep factor. And that's exactly what this script did. Um, and I was a massive, massive fan of horror. I felt like they've been, disgustingly underappreciated for um years and they're only now getting the recognition sort of that they deserve it's still tricky in the uh, award section but yeah people are loving really good quality horror films more than they ever have in the past and um, so I, I read this and it was as you can probably tell from seeing the film it was the ideal script to be a part of oh well yeah it's uh that that melding of everything together with um, exactly. this idea of you know a story or stories that have been told for generations and contextualizing and modernizing that in a way I think it's really powerful because it goes into these old stories of how there's been this disbelief and this sort of um, I guess it would almost be like patronizing attitude towards women set for all these you know hundreds of years and how it is still continuing today and I think that's a really yeah powerful and important story to tell mm-hmm. and yeah did, for sure. had, were you familiar with the the story of halloween or oh god i always pronounce it wrong but because i want to say sam Haim. yeah i o- always do that yeah. wrong. so that's okay that's okay we take all pronunciations here 
Yes, yeah, Samhain. Um, I was familiar. I actually didn't know that it came from Ireland. I didn't know that it was born here. I knew um, of the time of year and I knew what it symbolised. And I knew that obviously Samhain is an Irish word. Um, but I didn't know how like embedded in our culture it was. Um, like we used to obviously follow the um, Celtic calendar and uh, celebrate different different types of things until Christianity came into um, into our country and kind of took over those same events and just gave them different names and different mm-hmm. people that oh this is Santa Claus and this is why we celebrate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Kate tells those stories very well. I'm not such a good storyteller on. Um, I like to appreciate the stories, but I don't tell them very well. Um, well, yeah, I knew about Samhain. I knew about Halloween and uh, and why we carve pumpkins and why <laughs> it's because we used to carve faces into turnips and mm-hmm. um, keep the spirits at bay because that was allegedly the night that was like the veil was at its thinnest, the veil mm-hmm. between the dead and the living. Um, and then so when we emigrated to America, people were like, where are all the turnips? <laughs> so they couldn't find any turnips and they found jack-o'-lanterns or they found pumpkins instead. And that's where jack-o'-lanterns come from. It, so uh, It's so interesting to me because it's something I, I'm an American. So I was raised with, as a child, you dress up like a pop culture icon. You get in your twenties, <laughs> you dress up in a provocative way. And then when you're mm-hmm. in your thirties, you give up on all of it. And it's just, yeah, you, know, you dress up with bread. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's no connection to the, to that historical aspect of it. And that idea, mm-hmm. the the story of that thin veil between the spirit world yeah. and between our yeah. world. And it's such a cool story. And I, I, it's so cool. Yeah. I, I don't know that as like a five-year-old, what that would have done to my psyche, how that would have had an impact <laughs> on it. Yeah. So. I wonder. I wonder, yeah, because I was talking to somebody about um, the stories that were told when we we're younger, and Kate was told um, uh, really like mystical stories when she was younger, and I think that's what influences her filmmaking a lot. Um, but yeah, it can it can do weird things to your psyche, but I also think it can desensitize you to the kind of darker parts of life in a way that you're not you're not saying that oh this is good, but you're also not being like I'm too scared of this to tell a story about it in an objective and um, well-informed way. Oh, that's really interesting. It. And yeah. when you've had, you mentioned that you've had a appreciation of horror for a long time now, and it's finally starting to get its recognition, you know, like Sundance Nanny won the prize this year. So these, you know, horror films are getting the recognition, but yeah. it's, I've been a fan of genre films since I was a kid. And I know there's always been really good stuff being made that it's what mm-hmm. you know they refer to as elevated horror, which just means to me, it's just a good movie. That, that's it. It's like, movie, it's like, yeah. yeah and you're, you're an embarrassed <laughs> critic that won't admit that you like the horror. Movie, so <laughs> <just shut up. laughs> yeah. So when did your love of the genre start? Um, when I was younger, I think the first ever horror film I watched, I was asked this question recently. That's why it's on the tip of my tongue. It's, it was, the film with Michelle Pfeiffer in it called What Lies Beneath. Oh, sure. And yeah, yeah. That's a jump scary film. So like that wasn't um, what sparked my love of horror, but that was the first film that I watched. And I was, I was watching it through a creak in the door as we all do when we're eight years old. I don't know what age <laughs> I was, but I was too young to be watching that. Um, and it terrified me. It actually properly terrified me. And I, I couldn't sleep without the light on or without my door open. Um, but as I got older, uh, I got more into it. And my brother's also a filmmaker and he uh, really appreciates horror film too. So he exposed me to like Wailing and 
uh, it follows in the Babadook and all these like primary um, elevated horror films. Um, and I just fell in love with them. I thought they were so amazing and that they explored really, uh, really interesting things that I hadn't seen done before. Um, like it follows an STD that is an actual entity yeah. that follows you around. Like that's the scariest thing in the world. Um, and yeah, I thought it was the most imaginative genre that was out there at the time. Well, for that particular film, you talked about the idea of jump scares and they're really empty mm. and they don't you know, leave yeah. anything. But the impact of that naked guy on top of the roof, just staring at her as they run like yeah. something like that just gets in the back of your brain and it stays there for yeah. years to come. And it just that's like the first image that grabs me with that. And I think that's you really have funny. something similar here where there's and it, I think it works because it could play out on multiple levels. You have something with an ankle scene here. I don't want to give anything away, but there's something that happens that's yeah. utterly terrifying in the moment, but there's a tragedy to it. And it's, it's mm-hmm. working on a human character level as well. And yeah, I yeah. think that's the power of this film is that it does always speak to the humanity first. Um, and your character specifically, you have the burden of the, the soul of this movie. And if your performance doesn't work, the movie can't it's leaning on that so heavily that I think the movie falls apart and you carry the film beautifully, but I would imagine that's a, when you're reading that script has to be kind of nerve wracking to look at that and know that this isn't going to work unless I get this right. Very well deduced. Yeah. I had a bit of a, um, <laughs> a situation for the first week where I just felt the weight of the world on my shoulders. Um, Cause you can take, you can take a film in like any direction when you're the, this the leader of it I suppose and your face is in every scene and so you can really create the mood of the film and I'm not I'm not saying that there's not other things that create the mood of the film in a bigger way but if as you said your performance doesn't work your your film doesn't work so it is a big burden and I remember the first week and just feeling so like I have to be on my own. I have to get into the zone. I have to be a real actor. Um, I have to have my headphones on, watch all these jump scary things. Um, and I was sitting in one of the rooms in the house and I was just like feeling like, wow, this really could be like the biggest thing I've done. And it really could, I really could have made some poor decisions here. Um, and Kay came in and she was like, what's up? What's wrong? Um, and I just let it out on the, all onto the table. And she was like, you know, like, we're just making a film. (laughs) It's like, oh, yeah, actually, this isn't life or death. Like, if people don't like my performance, it's actually not going to kill me or anybody on this set. So I think we'll be okay. I think I'll just, I'll just try my best. And Kate was like, um, she said, like, I'm like, this is my first, this is like my uh, adventure as well. Like my first adventure into filmmaking, like a feature film on a horror film so she was like we're both newbies we're both beginners at something now and we're gonna try and make something good we're trying to make something cool and have fun while we do it and if it's not good then so be it and if it is good then yay so. well it, it is you guys nailed it cool. um and i think yeah. that you talk about the idea of the atmosphere of the film and there's beautiful cinematography here the set design is incredible it's just everything but all of these elements um in other films they'll be the performance is there to support the aesthetics in a way um, instead mm-hmm. of the other way around, if this makes sense, where I think all of the aesthetics are there to support the performance. 
that's the thing that's key here. It's not you're trying to make this creepier through your performance. You're actually telling a human story and every all these elements around you are supporting that and helping you along that's the way. Yeah, very well put. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we definitely need to, need to give the credit to Nari and Van Mayle and um, Lauren Kelly, who worked incredibly hard with like a tiny budget to make this film look spectacular. Um, and yeah, but thank you. Well, I mean, and I live in Tucson, Arizona. So mm-hmm. I live in the desert. All you have to do for, for me when I watch Irish films you step outside for three seconds and it's literally, I'm like, oh my God, look at this foreign world. This is so beautiful and incredible. <laughs> so there's green. That's all it takes. Now I take for granted that I walk outside and there's a saguaro cactus or there's, you know, these mountains everywhere yeah. that are all rock mm-hmm. and there's a beauty in that. Yeah. But when I see Ireland, that's just like, that's not a real place. You don't have that many, <laughs> you don't have that much green anywhere. This so can't funny. exist. That's so funny to me. God, that's a perspective I haven't been exposed to. <laughs> It's really cool. Yeah, I hear that when people are like in LA for long periods of time, they're like, where's the rain? <laughs> and we're like, please, rain, go away. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's that thing that you just, you don't have and you wish that you did. And it's, um, but the, really though, this is something that I, this type of film and being exposed to these different cultures and being exposed to something that's very specific um, where I think this film is, it's deeply, deeply rooted in both folklore, as I've mentioned several times, and you know the political nature of or societal nature of Ireland. And because it's that specific, I think it becomes universal. Um, because yeah. it's not trying to paint with these broad strokes, it's v- very, yeah. very specific. And when you do that and drill down, I think you make things that are absolutely universal. And this film hits home in a way that might not be obvious, but it's, you know, it's there for sure. And this is a very relatable film. Very well put. I like that. <laughs> and then um, it, how has the response been? Because you've been, I mean, this is, has to be, I, I'm assuming, I, I tend to avoid um, any reactions to things because I want to, I don't want to be marred by them. I want to just yeah. do it, have my own opinion, write my yeah. things, have it, and just let that exist on its own and then maybe take in others' ideas later. But it's I would assume it's been a very positive response so far. I'm I'm the same. So I haven't really looked at any of the uh, responses either. I've heard that it's been talked about in a very positive light. And I've seen some stories from people who worked in the film that reposting, like, is this Ireland's like best horror film ever made? Um, which is pretty crazy to hear. Um, and yeah, some of the headlines have been pretty cool, um, but I haven't deep dived into any of them. I couldn't possibly bear that. I was sent a really nice article, though, a really, really nice article um, by a friend of mine. And I read that when, when that came out in TIFF um, after a TIFF screening. And that was like a massive like, oh, OK, we did a good job. We're OK now. I think we can relax. But yeah, other than that, I haven't really read anything, although my friend said it was good. So I trust them. That's that's what really matters at the end yeah. of the day. Do you, yeah. cause you're able to watch the film, you're able to have your own opinion about it. And as you can, can you watch it as an audience member though, and appreciate it? Or are you, can you divorce yourself from your own performance? Cause me, I'm such a narcissist that if my, when I'm <laughs> editing it, all I hear is my own voice. I only see my own face. Yeah, I'm like, Oh yeah. God, I fucked that up so bad. So, <laughs> are you yeah, able to- I get you. Um, I think, uh, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it is something like a little bit of narcissism in there a little bit, but like, 
I feel like I could detach myself enough to watch the film and appreciate every other thing about the film. But yes. my own performance, I'm like, <laughs> what's she doing? Like, who is this actress? <laughs> Why is she there? Um, so, yeah, it feels like I'm talking about somebody else, though, in, like a, in a mean way, which I don't do anyway. So, but, but I don't take it personally. I just look at myself as like, God, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, well, it's um, it, it's tough to get outside of your own memory of what happened that day and to see things and to appreciate yeah. it. And it's almost, you need an outside point of view to have an honest mm-hmm. assessment sometimes of your own work, which is very strange because you can't separate yourself from the experience completely um, in yeah. doing that. But as somebody divorced from that experience, I just want to tell you that you made a wonderful film. You've done something really special here. And I am absolutely looking forward to anything you have coming down the pipe because you, you crushed oh. it. So good job. Thank you so much. That's really nice of you. Thank you. No, no, thank thank you. Thank you for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This has been great. Take care, Hazel. Have a good night. You too. Happy Paddy's Day. Thank you very much. (laughs) See, I didn't I didn't want to be with the one American to drop that, you know, just because I'm sure everybody would be doing that. Oh, you're in the case. Talking about saying okay. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Have a good day. Thank you. Uh, See you later. Thanks. Time enough to figure you out Time enough to write this down Wish me luck, give me hope
always crack.